When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're going to start the show. <laughs> That's right, Bruins fans. It's the sweet sounds of the holidays. It's the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, episode 159, brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Please go to BetOnline.ag and use code CLNS50. Get yourself a free account. Play some bets. Try to win some money. All in good fun. Um, like I said, it is the holiday season, and with that, it's the gift that keeps on giving. And it seems like every Sunday, I get a gift of, of spending some time and talking Boston Bruins hockey with my friend Heather. Heather Ingerson is sitting right beside me. How's it going, Heather? Hi. Wow, that's really nice stuff to say. Um, I don't know. It's going all right. Leading up to the holidays, you know, it's crazy right now. And as always, this is the release. Let's get it off our chest. It is the release. Um, but, it, it, I mean, 
it, it hasn't been good times. But if, in retrospect to everybody's negativity, including mine, I'm not gonna say I'm not un, I'm not unhappy and everything's unicorns and rainbows in, in Boston Bruins Nation. But they're scratching away and getting points out of the deal. But there's still this is cause for concern, and um, so we'll, we'll definitely talk about that later on. Um, but like I guess it is the Christmas time. It is. I love Christmas. Big fan. Yeah. Courtney will tell you differently. But anyway. Yeah. I'm not a really a big Christmas person. There are things about Christmas I like. I wasn't big see. on the Christmas until I met Court, so, so long ago. But I'm glad me. you like Christmas, and good for everyone who's ready. Yeah. I'm I, not ready, I still have everything to do. But I always am like that every year. I just It causes me less anxiety to pick just one six-hour span of time and get everything absolutely, done. Absolutely. Well, I, I hope the best for you and your family yeah. uh, throughout the holiday season. and. Um, with that being said, because you've been a great, uh, a true trooper um, and a real big asset to this program, I have a gift for you. So, yes, it, like I said, it's, it's Christmas, so, and you've done such a great job, and you do, I mean, everything I'm looking I at, like I don't like surprises. I'm looking at notes that you've done all week, and I'm just totally impressed by that, and I just think that you deserve the best. So, with that being said, it's like I'm being rewarded for being a geek finally. I got you this. So, hopefully, you enjoy it. It's a very, very nice bag that my it wife is. Courtney got me with some little holiday spoon. magic. Absolutely. So oh, no pressure. Yay! <laughs> oh, let's get it out though so we can watch it. We might have to have a step out of it. So <laughs> as you may know, we may be a little obsessed with the uh, pink Whitney bag. Well, yeah, I did. Mom I bought her me a delicious. No free ads, everybody. You know the rules. Um, I got her a bottle of Pink Whitney for herself to enjoy over the holiday season. Yes. We're big fans of the Spit and Chicklets podcast and New Amsterdam Vodka, so like I said. And if the Bruins keep playing like this, I'm going to need to. Well, that's why. That's pretty much why I got you this Christmas gift. Yeah, that um, has a sweet sound of crinkle paper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was doing it all like, what are you doing? Uh, you should have seen Mark's face. I know he gets freaked out about trying to get the audio. Audio. Like, what are you doing, woman? Stop crinkling <laughs> the paper. Well, thank you, Mark and uh, Courtney. You're very welcome. For being uh, good friends. And Courtney's got you a gift downstairs. She's, she's, uh, she's a mad baker. And, yeah, um, she's been, oh, smelled so great yes. last week with all oh, the yeah. cookies everywhere. Not helping my diet, anyway. <laughs> but uh, she, yeah, she made uh, all of you and your family a great uh, box of cookies to bring home for the holiday. So, again, a little more appreciation for for you and, and, and your friendship, because cool. this, this means a lot to me. And uh, I want to have a, a good time doing it. So, And I, I appreciate your... Uh, your yeah, I know. I yeah, make me cry. Don't make me cry. <laughs> People will think I'm a wuss. But... <laughs> No, thank you in all sincerity. Like you know, no problem at all. I'm just, happy to do it. Like I said, I mean, I, I I bought the. I was like, I'm thinking. I went to Wang's and they had three bottles left, and I cleared them all out. <laughs> and uh, I said, one of these is going to Heather because you might need it for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's getting. Uh, I'm not. I don't know. See, I'm not really a Susie positive person, but I try <laughs> to be. Uh, like I'm upbeat. I mean, it's okay, but I'm starting to not having a hard time being like yeah but we got a point yeah. like i can only fake it for so long I losing points like, are good and everything but it's just i just don't want to see the whole giant lead we yep. got just slip away especially to like i think we talked about this last week i can handle losing to the capitals or Tampa bay i cannot continue to lose to the la kings although oh. Hansi kopitar nice shot baby yeah, like I'm just saying. 
All right. Let's Weird Sally, but good shot. Well, thank you, and Christmas and Merry Christmas to everyone, I guess. Yes, Merry Christmas to um, all the listeners, the Patreon yeah. members, everybody out there that's been listening and continues to support us. And not just Christmas, Kwanzaa, yeah, Yule, and, yes, yes. Winter Solstice, yes. Hanukkah, all the... Like, people always go, don't say happy holidays. Like, well, really, though, there is like three million holidays. I know, but it kind of days. broadens the, the whole conversation to everybody. You know, and I can't, I, you know, I don't know much about holidays in other countries. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. I say happy holidays because I don't want to offend anybody because whatever holiday I celebrate, what happens to be Christmas because that's how, you know, my family does it. I want to say everyone. And also, happy New Year's to everyone. Cause yes, yes, definitely. But. All right, let's get to let's it. Let's get just, right to it. We got to we gotta get to it. So let's talk about last week's games. So last week the Boston Bruins played in three games and um, not great results, but scratching away point by point, I guess. I'm not a big fan of the loser point at all, but let's jump to Tuesday, December 17th at TD Garden against the Los Angeles Kings. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. good. Not good. This 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 uh, LA Kings team. Uh, currently sits last in the in the in the Western Division, and um, real quick. When we played them, um, they were like third last at least. Yeah. And that was a week ago. It's, yeah, it's been a while, and continue to hold these uh, <laughs> the third to last yeah. in the in the whole league. So it makes it even worse to think about. Um, but the uh, in the game, the LA Kings get on the board at two seventeen mark. Uh, to give them the lead on the power play, uh, which is not a great start. Danton Heinen gets on the board to even things up with his own power play goal at 19.01 for Marcia and Pasternak. And the second period starts off with the LA Kings getting on the board, giving them a 2-1 to lead on the shorthand uh, at the 2.45 mark of the, of the second frame. And Patrice Bergeron ties that up. Um, making the score even at the 10:44 mark of the second period from Tory Krug. Third period starts the same, pretty much the same way. Brandon Carlo gets his third of the season from DeBrusque and Heinen at the 1:24 mark of the third period, giving the Boston Bruins a five, a 3-2 lead. But I mean, this is—it's a trend. The LA Kings come right back uh, later on in the third period at the 17:59 mark. Uh, giving them a three to three tie, and and obviously we get a point out of this deal, but uh, failed to get the second as Andre Kopitar scores his 14th from Drew Doughty at the 3:23 mark of the overtime period, giving the LA Kings a four to three victory. So yeah, not not a good start to the week at all. Um, keeps the the trend of. Um, uh, really not good play going uh, lately. I'm not sure how many games this is that they just haven't been able to get things done, but they are getting points. Uh, Tuka Rask uh, saved 23 of 27. So 8:52. Yikes. Yeah. So the Kings. Yeah. So thoughts on the uh, on that game, if, if I dare ask. Um. Well, I mostly wrote down, uh, Tuka, I need you to not get five-hold. Um, and it said that you really can't keep losing to the second and third worst teams. Uh, 
And that's fine, but you can't give up a power play and a shorthanded goal to the LA Kings. That's just unacceptable. And geez, like, you know what I mean? Like, I can't, I don't know. Like I said, I'm trying to be positive that that is something, but really not a lot of positive. I'll bring it down to the negative. You know me. Yeah, like I just, no, it's just because I want to go all negative. But I wrote down like Danton Hyden had two points. Good for him. Still gets crapped on. goal or whatever. Exactly. That's why I'd like to give him hugs because... I do appreciate him. But that's the thing is that you, our special teams have been a mess at times. Our, our PK is holding pretty strong, but it has its moments of just not so hot. And I, I just can't lose to the LA Kings because now it's getting worse. Like you lost to the Blackhawks, you lost to Ottawa, and now you're losing the Kings. That means we're going to lose to Detroit if we play them again in this season. Oh. It's horrible. <laughs> I can't. I just don't know how to see the good in watching a game like that. Yeah. I don't either. The only thing that I saw that was good was um, he basically got a, uh, some free time to evaluate uh, some potential trade targets like Tyler Zapoli, which uh, I, I didn't particularly think that he played very well in that game, but I mean, it is what it is. Playing um, well is relative if you're an LA King. True. <coughs> Excuse me. So, well, let's move on to Thursday as if things are getting better. Exactly. So... <laughs> <laughs> on December 19th, the uh, New York Islanders come to TD Garden and uh, play the Boston Bruins. And let's see how this one goes because I don't remember crap. But no, we well, got we off have... we got off the board very quickly at the 158 mark of the first period, setting the tone. And I thought was going to be a, a very entertaining game. Anders Bjork gets his fifth from Charlie Coyle, giving the Boston Bruins a one nothing lead. Second period. Old friend Johnny Boychuk, Johnny Johnny Rocket gets his second of the season, but first ever goal against the Bruins. That's crazy because he hasn't been a Bruin for a while. I'm surprised. I know. know. Sorry you got priced off the team, Johnny Boychuk. Keep that in mind. I honestly, that goal right there, this is one thing I do remember of this game. I don't remember much of the losses, but uh, that shot, I don't know how it got through. I mean, Tuka couldn't see it. I don't know how freaking... It was Boy, Boy could see it. Yeah, it was confusing on exactly what screen or whatever was particularly happening. Right, with that. right. Yeah. The uh, the Islanders take a two to one lead on a goal by Matt Barzell at the eighteen twenty six mark of the second period, and that's it for the middle frame. Uh, Tory Krug gets his fifth in the third period at the seven twenty four mark, tying the goal, tying the game. Sorry, with a power play goal, um, and. That was it. Overtime, no goals in overtime. This goes to a shootout, and uh, they just couldn't get it done. Um, I got uh, Pasta that got a goal, a very good one I actually. I wrote that down. I take it back, Pasta. You can score. You can. You know, this one, this one, it showed a little bit of effort this time. Uh, in the past couple shootouts, he just seems like he skates in hard, or kind of soft, but then just kind of just. Ugh. He's got a wicked release, but I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't like shootouts. But regardless, it is a loss. In, it's not a loss in the column, but it's still a loss in my heart. But, you know what I mean? <laughs> I know. It's just mean. tough. But the Islanders are a good team. You cannot discredit anything that they do. They've been know. a real. They've been a real, you know, powerhouse in the Eastern Conference, particularly this season. So it was going to be a tough game. But I was hoping, and uh, and to go back. I can't believe the stat that I kind of, uh, I'm not sure if I found it or somebody else on Twitter did, but it was a stat that the Bruins have not been beaten by the Islanders since 
Jack Capuano has been a coach. What? Yeah. That's, I'm just, I, I have to look into it a little further, but that's what I heard. And well, from I, what guess, I, I guess it's kind of, right. kind of positive that Tuca stopped 19 out of 21, and that's pretty good against the Islanders because they are definitely a top five, if not at least top 10 team. You know, they're in the upper echelon of the uh, NHL. I knew it was going to be tough, but again, there were still some things that just... You're gonna, you need to be able to beat these teams, you know what I mean? And, and it's fine if we're going to sometimes squeak out the point, but you can't for two weeks of games right. squeak out a point. You know, I just, right. I don't know. Again, this goes back to maybe the consistency thing that we keep bitching about. Oh, yeah, it's something that needs to be done. We can perhaps talk about that later in life, but <laughs> I guess let's just get this painful week back over. Last night we played Nashville. Yes, yes, the uh, Nashville Predators come to town. And, um, yeah, tough start. In the, uh, no goals in the first period, which I thought was good. Uh, these teams were really trying to figure each other out. Mm-hmm. Thought it was, it was decent competitive hockey and, and thought it was going to be a good game. But uh, second period comes around and, and dreams are crashed um, thoroughly. And it's not a good uh, end result. But uh, Lynn home gets on the board with his second from Richie and Corrali at the 7.30 mark of the second period, giving the Boston Bruins a one nothing lead. And uh, Roman Yossi scores at the 12.14 mark of the second, tied it up. Patrice Bergeron scores his 12th on the power play from Tory Krug at 19.12. Power plays, it's, it's coming around it seems, but still not very consistent like you said. A little one for five the game before, so right. it's nice to get some. <laughs> And the third period uh, was just no desperation to get back into this game and try to get a victory, but Philip Forsberg scores at the 7.35 mark of the third, giving the Nashville Predators a tie. Man, i got to read this a little better. And Roman Yossi gets on the board again with his second of the game at the 8.10 mark, unassisted, giving the Nashville Predators a 3-2 lead. Patrice Bergeron, the late game heroics of the 18:55 mark of the third period, gives the ties the game up at three, and they go into overtime where defenseman Ryan Ellis scores his six at the 4:05 mark. Not going to a shootout, thank God, but still, we get the point mm-hmm. in the overtime loss. So. I always love to see Yaroslav that. Halak made 25 saves out of 29 shots. And I didn't think he was particularly good in that game at all. Regardless. I agree with you. The third period was not... A, they weren't playing like a team that... Want, I don't... I just... Something's going on in like this chunk between the second and the middle of the third that I just don't know what's yeah. what is happening mechanically or timing or whatever. Like, I can't, but... Um, this isn't again anything against Nashville. They're a decent team. Love yeah. the pecs. Uh, Yeoman Rossi, he's a little stud muffin. Yes, he's, he is. Great you know, Glad he got some money for himself. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I just, our special teams, I mean, we had a lot of opportunities again, but we only got one goal. One, two, three, four. So we were one for four on the power play then, I guess. So, I don't know. So it's just, again, I'm starting to get annoyed with the, like, that's fine sometimes to lose and whatever, but you have to at some point 
be the team in OT that gets the two points. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I need a little more of that. Then I wouldn't maybe be so annoyed. But I just see that lead slipping. Like, now you look and all of a sudden Toronto's got themselves back in the top three. Like, you know, like, things are changing. And I just, I need more consistency. I need more consistency of play from them. I need more consistency of pairings from my coach like I just need yeah because I do think like at this point if all you're gonna do is end up losing an overtime time or a shootout if that's all that's happening then why aren't you just like I said last week then you know what maybe play Chris Wagner a little more instead yeah. of a little less or whatever kind of thing you know yeah. that I yeah can't. we'll definitely talk about him and, uh, and that's what I'm, sorry I wrote down dear Bruce I'm about to bench your ass because you're struggling to do your job correctly this isn't the HL and Continuity is key. I'm not, again, obviously, Bruce Cassidy is a much wiser, better hockey mind than me, obviously. Again, I speak as a fan, not as an expert. But he deserves criticism, too. But yes, at some point, the golden boy also needs to be, you know, like, and I don't mean it in a thing. I think that he's been a perfectly fine coach. He's smart. He's an adaptable. But sometimes adaptability equals uh, indecisiveness or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I just... Like, much like we were saying with Charlie McAvoy, put it all together, boy. I feel yep. that way, like, right now with Cassidy's, like, almost like his coaching style and decisions have done a, a little bit of split personality to what he, I don't know. That's just me. So I wrote that down as a note. I don't know. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of notes besides <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's talk about the upcoming week schedule. we got two games, but before that, we got to talk about the great folks and our show sponsor, betonline.ag. Uh, the hockey season, football, basketball seasons are all in full swing. Get into this game with our exclusive sports betting partners, betonline.ag. Sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting college, professional ball, and puck. Every spread, every total, every winner or loser, straight bet parlay, or tease your way through the season. You can bet on wild propositions like who's the next coach that's going to get fired in the NHL. Who will make the college football playoffs and who will be the NFL MVP? Get the fastest two market odds, updates, and payouts with our new sports book partners, betonline.ag. Head over to betonline today on your mobile service device to join and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, your online sports, sports book experts. I have such a tough time with that. All right. So as we mentioned, the um, upcoming week has two games starting tomorrow night, uh, December 23rd, at home, TD Garden, against the Washington Capitals, which um, we did not do very well against last time. Um, both games for us this year. We played them twice? Yeah. Ooh. We lost... Three to two in overtime or shootout or something earlier in the year, and then they beat us last week or whenever. We in regulation, okay. So not a big fan of this matchup because the Bruins always lose lately, and, and I don't know when the last time I don't have any of that information in front of me. I'm a bad host, but um, yeah. So they come to town on uh, tomorrow night, and hopefully, hopefully something happens. Um, and then obviously it's the it's the uh, the break. And then they, the Bruins play the Buffalo Sabres on the 27th. Uh, did you want to add to the... I just wanted to say that uh, good luck with that because Washington continues to be Washington. They are 8-2-0 uh, in their last 10, and they are 16-3-1 away. So 
It's not going to be easy. Get some rest, boys. It'd be nice to get a nice one before the break. That's Absolutely. All say. And speaking of the um, tomorrow's game, um, yeah, I'm going to pull up my my notes here. Um, the pregame practice. Dzeno uh, Chara is out for the uh, pre-Christmas finale against the Capitals for a scheduled procedure to address his broken jaw from last year's cup final. He's expected to be ready for the Buffalo game right out of the break. So, unfortunately, we're going to lose a defenseman. Mm -hmm. Not saying that he's the the best defenseman that this team has, but he is a key cog into the, the uh, inner workings of the back end. So his reach uh, is going to be is going to be missed and uh, shut down style. So hopefully somebody steps up. But also Bruce Cassidy came out today uh, post uh, practice session and mentioned that there's going to be a tweak in the forward line. So uh, we don't exactly know who that's going to be. I don't believe that's going to be noted in the practice lines. I think that was just more or less let's see where we go here from practice and. And I'll make my final decision before the game. So, who knows? Uh, who knows who's going to sit and who's going to who's going to play? So, two two games next week. Uh, it is the holiday break, as I said. So, uh, we got Tuesday the twenty fourth, the twenty fifth, the twenty sixth off. So, it's good to see that these Boston Bruins uh, members have some time off to go and see their families, and uh, and do the holiday thing, and then hopefully get back to work because, um, you know. Coming up to the 2020 season, it's going to be a, I mean, year. It's going to be, it's going to get a little difficult uh, as you get closer to the playoffs and, and expectations of where this team is going to land for as far as they went last year is is just going to be on the minds of everybody. And uh, you know, it's you got you got to wake up. So we'll definitely talk to, about that in the uh, in other topics. So yeah, I was just thinking, it doesn't matter how many points you end up with it's how you win yes you know well, I, I know i know points and ask tampa bay at some point your points don't matter anymore and right. i would like us to figure that out oh i don't want to be before it's april and we're third in the conference and i whatever division sorry i'm so upset i can't even i don't even know how it's divided up anymore it's just like chaos and other chaos that's <laughs> i don't know it's like and the whole thing is like it feels weird saying that because the Bruins are a better team than most other teams will be on their best day. You know what I mean? Even on the Bruins' worst day. But for us, it's like, it's a little... It's all right to slow down and have a... Like, obviously, no one expects a pace of, like, crazy... Like, you know what I mean? That's we, what made Tampa so freakish. We but. both knew this was going to happen. We're going to have times like this, but not this, I didn't know they not this particular be. stretch. This is getting crazy. Yeah. Like, this is, it's kind of funny because normally we play all right at the beginning and then through November we're like a mess and it's kind of painful and we go through another one of those like late February into March. It's like every year something with just whatever happens yep. here in Boston. This year I was like, wow. And we, it's not about peaking because it's not like they're not holding solid. But right. at the same time, again, sometimes you got to be the person who wins an O2 and gets the two points. Like, yep. I don't, you can't let up, I don't know. Well, the past couple of seasons, it's been like you've been you've been rough out of the gate because of injuries. That happens, but then in November, early December come around, you seem like you're ramping up to go the other way. This this time, it's like you you came out of the gate in 2019-20 campaign and just gangbusters. Yeah. 
and then all of a sudden you now you're now you're planning out i mean i'm not we're not freaking out or anything like that jumping out the window yet but i mean the the, the bruins do have a nine point cushion on toronto in the atlantic division um but there's other teams that are, are slowly you know picking up i mean well, that's the problem is that last week when we talked, Toronto wasn't even anywhere near even 10 points near us, right. but they've continued to pick up points and we have continued to drop them. Like, that's how I look at it. When you get the one point, it's like, you didn't get a point, you dropped two points. Right. And that's yeah. annoying to me. Yep. <laughs> like, it's just, exactly. I, I don't know. I just, just get some rust, boys, work it out. You'll be all right. I it think. Is. I hope, I hope you, and I will always hope until the last minute that's true it's just but it's just depressing <laughs> I hear you. all right how about we talk about some topics i guess what else are we gonna do it's a podcast it's about talking after all right? exactly okay so we're gonna dive into a couple topics now as i mentioned earlier but this one is very interesting weei's matt kalman wrote an article uh about cassidy open to yaroslav a lot getting more starts over to garask um, this was obviously written before last night's game, so now it's not very relevant to me, in my opinion, because we saw what I, I particularly saw what uh, Halak did last night, and I just I don't know, he didn't play very well, in my opinion. But both goaltenders, in my opinion, have not played very well at all, and, and I, I know it's contrary to. If those guys aren't playing well, it's a team thing. It's a team mentality. You get down a little bit, and I understand that. But from your goal to your defense to your forwards, it's got to be the defense and the and the and the goaltending has to step up to keep the puck out of the net, especially in short-handed situations or any five-on-five situation. It's just you've got to get back on board to what you what got, what was so successful during the beginning of the season, and 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 I mean. Goaltending is one of my favorite things to talk about, but particularly in this past two weeks, I haven't been overly thrilled, you know, with with the uh, the play of both of them. And I'm a huge Rask fan, and I'm talking shit about him right now because I'm not happy with his game. I think this uh, this always happens when the de- we're defensively again, not just the defense, but when the team is playing defensively crappy, it's like. Goaltenders need to be the ones that calm everything down and be like, it's fine. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, get on my that's shoulders. when goaltenders, yeah, like step it up, right? Other than that, goaltenders should be able to have to do their least amount they need to do because there are other people on the team to do it. But they are the last line of defense, right? Yeah. They have not either of them been playing very well in particular, although they. Yarrow was facing a better team, you know what I mean? So, like, just like we were saying last week with Tuca, like, I'll forgive you for maybe the Washington or whatever, but however it pans out. But what's weird to me, and this goes back to why I'm trying not to be negative on Cassidy, but you know me, I'm just in the back of my head waiting to be like, see, see, told you, but you were playing them perfectly even, and we were off to a running start, everyone was healthy and happy and in their groove and la, la, la. And then you're the one who decided all of a sudden this is when Tuka needs to play three or four in a row. And then look what happened. And now right. neither goaltender is playing well because the whole entire team isn't playing very well. Was that contrary to the schedule? Like, I mean, there was, was a day in, in between. There's no back-to-backs. So yeah. there's really no real need to, like, 
But I, he's also probably trying to see what he can do in a stretch as well. Right. Well, you know what they're both doing in this stretch is not that good, okay? And I... Agreed. I don't know. I just, I thought the whole plan was to, like, let them each have even, and then after the new year, that's when you start giving Tuco a little more, because you're starting to get into the grind of the season, really, you know, and prematurely, I feel like we forgot about that plan, but now you're open to playing Halak more, which I do think Halak has actually played better than Tuca, even though he has also been losing, and in the end, again, that's all you have to care about, exactly. is are they losing or not, and they are losing, and... I just also stop if you're gonna lose just lose stop coming back in spectacular fashion and looking like you might act like you're the Bruins like you normally do and you grind through and maybe it wasn't pretty but you get the two points you're not doing that right. I'm punching my fist I'm so mad right now okay <laughs> sorry that's how I feel about Cassie really Cassie because you're the one who well, chose not to play them equally I so. got a couple of things we're gonna talk about Cassidy so because uh, this is probably Cassidy, his show Cassidy. And not hating on him either, you know. I'm, we're not on the I on am. the field of, of of you know. Let's fire him and get a new voice in oh there because God, it's no, just, no, I'm saying we're not we're not at that level. No, I don't mean that. I'm just but, being like it, it's just got to be talked up. And, and Matt Kalman, you know, check it out, follow him, uh, and and read the article that was uh, printed, uh, I believe, on Friday, um, December. I'm bad. Something. The twentieth. Can so. I just make it clear? I'm not saying fire Cassidy. I'm saying, no, guy, I want we're you not. to be able to win the Jack Adams at the end of yeah. the year, guys. So can you get your shit together? Exactly. You are a good coach. You know. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's take a quick break. Get from the great folks at uh, College Hockey Incorporated. They have a great podcast and a great website and great tool for uh, upcoming NCAA college uh, players that have questions or or just need. Need some advice, so uh, follow them at College Hockey uh, on Twitter and uh, check out the podcast too. Nate Ewell and Brett Slossman do a fantastic job, so we'll be right back. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Dylan Larkin. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! Kevin Shattenkirk. Goal! James Van Riemsdyk were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! Okay, we are back from that awesome commercial from uh, College Hockey Inc. Follow them again on Twitter at College Hockey. Um, so, the one of these topics that uh, I found interesting... Um, that I really wanted to incorporate um, is, uh, and we're not trying to beat up on Bruce Cassidy this this particular episode. We're not, but we, we, there's some there's some concerns and there's some criticism that needs to be you know mentioned. So one thing that I wanted to, to go over was uh, that Cassidy scratches Bacchus and Nordstrom versus the Preds, but are are those the players that need to be sent to the uh, ninth level? to um to you know look at the game from a different perspective because i don't me personally i don't think so because they're not constantly in the lineup they're one of those rotation players all the time and i got this idea from nbc boston's joe haggerty fantastic article he wrote up on this but if you want to make a statement i wouldn't like i said i wouldn't sit players that are not in the lineup all the time i would go after some of the top six players that might need to be set 
through this to uh, give not only them a kick in the ass, but also the team sees that and says, geez, you know, am I next? Play better. I think it does nothing to uh, bench a player that only plays nine minutes a game for you. Uh, especially when those players, it's really not their fault. When they have been in the lineup, they it, they haven't really created issues. You know, they're not really playing. I mean, what do you expect from them? If the people who are there every single game playing 23 minutes a game can't get their shit together, how the do you expect that I... them to get on? Right. So, yeah, I would. Like, there's all, I mean... Take the one you least likely think it's going to be. Be like, you know what, David Pasternak, set your ass on that bench. Because that's great that you're scoring a million goals and doing whatever. But if defensively you're being, you know what I mean, not doing your job, whatever, sit down. Yeah, do I think it would send a message if Jake DeBrusque sat his ass down? Not because I think Jake DeBrusque is necessarily the person who needs to get the blame. But like you said, if you're going to be a top six forward, you have to. And that being said, then I guess because everyone's insistent on Charlie Coyle keep bouncing up there into the second line, maybe sit down Charlie Coyle's ass. I count him as a second and a third liner because they won't let him just be in a spot. Uh, but yeah, I absolutely think it doesn't, especially like not for nothing, but David back is having looked bad when he was in there for David back. I mean, he yep. looks good. Like he's a lot, looks a lot healthier or whatever and stuff than he has. He, you get the nine minutes you need out of him. I would argue would be probably good in a lineup versus like, uh, Nashville, but oh, strange time to not have him in there, you know, right. since you've had him in there and that's what I don't get. Like I'm, are we now blaming it on the bottom Six, because I'm not convinced it's them, necessarily, that is... We still can't get off of the first line being the only way the points are, and we still can't get off of we need our power play to be able to be an offensive powerhouse, mainly because our first unit power play is the same as our top line, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yep. I I absolutely think that maybe, yeah, have a seat, Brad Marchand, like, whatever, see what's up, you know? Yeah, I, at this point, I just need some kind of spark, some kind of feeling that these guys... And the feeling shouldn't be when you're down two to one, three to one, four to two, and you're not playing a full game. You're you're playing from behind, which puts you in a huge disadvantage uh, mentally, physically, and so on. And it, it it's hard to get up for those games. But when you do try to get back, I think that's when they make the biggest mistakes. Yeah. I mean, if that makes any sense at all, it's just it's just it's just so weird that. Ugh. Just it is it's frustrating. Yeah, I don't think though benching Nordstrom is yeah, gonna I mean, be the wake those up. Those were not the targets you should have been going after. Yeah. You know what I mean? As those a guys of fact, are... they actually I mean again, for their nine minutes of their job or eleven minutes or whatever they get that day, they pretty much are consistent and they usually do their job. Yeah. And not everybody is doing that defensively yeah, it's or just... offensively. Yeah, if you're if you're a constant ninth floor viewer, then I sh shouldn't be the finger pointer. To be honest with you, if you have like, I mean, I'm not. I don't. This isn't a necessarily a true stat. I could actually look, but I'm just gonna say, it. Say you're in the top six and you put seven shots on net. Shouldn't one of those shots go in the net? Yeah, I'm just saying, I like. So. I get it, and that's just like because I know statistically, the more you do something, the more likely it is to come to fruition. Yep. Um, you know, yeah. So I just whatever. Like if whoever's not gonna put the puck in the net anyways, but you know, Nordstrom's got better legs. Why are you pulling him out? What did he do? And I, but I also argued last week. Sometimes maybe those people you're only given nine minutes to, maybe they're the ones that need fifteen minutes that day, twenty minutes that day, when the people who are out there for 
over half the game, you know, like half the game or whatever, aren't right. following through. Okay, sorry, I'm, I don't want to be negative, Nancy, but like, Jesus. All right, um, let's move on to the next topic. So, which brings us to the, these conversation of the power play and uh, <clears throat> what needs to be done on that because this was once the, the the keystone to a lot of the victories, which I never really particularly liked when you're scoring on the man advantage and basically you're winning games by that and not doing it by committee. Committee was the word I was looking for earlier. Um, and doing it five on five. So the power play has been struggling, which can possibly be a key factor to these these huge struggles and not playing full 60s and not keeping the lead and you know what I mean they don't have that buffer of uh, being the best power play team in the league they don't their power play is like 25% or something right now which is not like them no I heard I think I heard a stat I'm not sure if it's been updated since yesterday but I believe that they have five power play goals in the last 40 chances. Yes, that's it, not, it's that's not good. It's not just, good at all. Just this week, they only had like two or three power play goals out of like a dozen chances. And that's, a spe- again, a team that your bread and butter is your special teams. That's not good. And, yep. I mean, it's weird because the it's a weird catch-22, right? Because the players that are on the first and second units of the power play, right? Usually the first power play just is out there the whole time until the very end if they get a little tired. But they're the same people who are scoring still and getting points through all this dreadfulness, yet they can't seem to do that with a man advantage. That's why they're struggling five on five. They can't even capitalize on, you know, it just, I don't know what's going on with them. Do you know what I mean? Because... They don't seem to have anything, like, chemistry-wise any different than they always had. Just the finishing. Like, they're not finishing. I just... Well, t- to get to that finish point that this Boston Bruins team needs, I believe um, that uh, the Skate Podcast hosts, Ken Laird and, and Matt Kalman, were talking about on, on one of their podcasts last week that they need more pucks on. you got to get more pucks on, but you also have to have... The, um, the folks that can get to the net. So you need the net front presence. You need more shots on. Create more opportunities. It's it, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of overpassing. Like the, what, what you do in practice might constitute what you should do in game time. But let's not let's not get like down to the wire and be perfect about everything. It's not Hoosiers. We're not making eleven passes before we make a shot. If you have a if you have a perfect opportunity to thread the needle, do it. Don't give it up. Also, most goals are not scored on the initial shot. Most are scored on a rebound or a tip or whatever. You should be shooting about that high. Yeah. Towards net and Three see feet. what happens. Yeah. You know, the, oh, the, I forgot. We're not on TV. We're yeah. on audio. I'm, like, I'm like that high with yeah. my arm. Yeah. We're podcasting. <laughs> I forgot for a minute. Why am I even here? No. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that... And they're not... Like, how many beautiful goals in the last, like, 10 games, at least, should have been in that net and wasn't? Yeah. And I'm not talking about spectacular goaltending saves because there have been some nice saves against, you yeah, know. Make the, make the goaltender work. But, right, exactly. But we haven't really, 
like even our power play, right? Our the whole thing is movement, movement, movement. They get everybody moving and they do whatever they want because they create every scene that they feel like having, every you know, that's why it makes it so good. But even just the pace of the games, we haven't overall been controlling the pace of anything, let alone uh especially the power play. But it's not like the PKs look that good. Like I said, we gave up a goal and a shorthanded one, you know what I mean? Yep. Like Yep. Yeah, it's, it's not, it's not good. Teams is, <clears throat> not yeah. good. But, like, not hopeless. And, again, like, I'm not, I don't, I feel weird beating up on the boys because I love them, but it's just. <laughs> well, I, I know a lot of the listeners are going to be like, you guys are freaking out. There's no need to do I'm not that. freaking out. You'll yeah, know we're just, we're just talking about I'm a pretty calm and cool collected. Like, I, I'm, my football team just won 10 games in a season for the first time in a decade, okay? I'm just right. saying. Like, I. I lost four Super Bowls. She's part I can of handle, Mafia. I can he- handle the Bruins having a match. Oh, God, I really thought we were going to win yesterday. <laughs> I know, I did too. Oh, God, but you know what? Pats are on notice, guy, because the division was going to be decided. But whatever. My point is, like, I'm not a freak-out fan. I'm just not. I'm not. That's not what I do. It's counterproductive because, A, I can't control anything but how I'm reacting to being a fan because I don't play for the team or make any of the decisions, rightfully so. Absolutely. But, yeah, I know it. But how can you not be negative? We've had a shitty, like, three weeks. Excuse my language. No, that I agree. That deserved a bad word. I agree. Like, we have. All right, go. Okay, so um, the next topic that we have is um, the inconsistencies of the uh, fourth line and uh, that has been a big issue and it's not the like the bigger issue for me is secondary scoring you cannot rely on that first line all the time you got to create secondary scoring scoring but what I'm seeing on the fourth line that was so successful last season was those guys were really the core group of Wagner, Corrali, and a, and, a, and a revolving door of Nordstrom and somebody else. Now it's Nordstrom, Lindholm, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's, it, they haven't gotten consistent, and they haven't done their job uh, to the fullest as they have in the past. Uh, so inconsistencies with them is a very serious issue. And one thing I do not like about the, and, and again, we're going to touch on some a little bit of negative on Bruce Cassidy, is the, the, Corrali, I he needs to be that fourth line center. So in the practice um, uh, roster this morning, he was on the third. So I, I don't I don't get that. I don't understand why is he needs to be brought up to the third when the fourth line's struggling. You can't you, you can't even make it on the fourth line or any, any consistency there. But let's jump you up. You've been doing really good. Let's move you up to the third line. Don't get it. I don't get it because I. Our fourth line is better than some people's second lines and third lines out there. And, again, this just goes back to, I think, good, bad, or ugly. Like, just leave them together. The people who play together. Like, there's something to be said about knowing who your coworkers are going to be that day to, you know, achieve the goal. And I don't think it's helping Corrali in particular to keep moving who he's playing with on that line and or what line he's centering. And I get that's because Coyle keeps, they move Coyle up so that they naturally move Corrali up. But like, do we really need to naturally move Corrali up? Why can't we just put, well, I guess maybe that's a problem because then they might move Chris Wagner to the third on him. But like, I don't, I like the, the fourth line helped us almost win a Stanley Cup 
in the third and fourth line. And I actually, one of the things I wrote down, this isn't to like change the topic, but kind of is part of the same topic, is why would you pay Coyle and Wagner to do their job, but then not let them have the opportunity to do the job in which you have sought them out and paid them to do? Exactly. That's weird. I don't think it's helping Corrales' confidence with the... He's lost the confidence of the coach, which, I mean, Cassidy's not really like a, I'll let you know I don't like you guy, but I mean, also, coach. you're grown men, you've been coached before, you can tell, anybody who's ever played any sport ever can tell when your coach is displeased with you, they don't have to say it, there's just, you feel it, you know what I mean? And also, these are players who are probably disappointed in themselves, so like, just let them work, all this moving them around is not helping work out the problem, so just leave them where they are. And let them work out the problem. I mean, I don't want Par Lindholm to be one of our top scorers. Sorry, I mean, good on you, Par. You did score, but yeah, I don't need you in my lineup at all. I don't know why you're there. You're trying to Speaking of the practice lineup, which potentially could be the lineup against Washington on December 23rd, but there's, there's 24 hours plus for things to change. So let's just start off with the top line. That's staying the same. Masha and Bergeron Pasternak. Second line, Krejci Debrusk Heinen has been added to that line. Third line, Bjork, Corrali, Coyle. Coyle's now a third line right winger. Fourth line, this is interesting. No, uh, Lindholm is centering Nordstrom and Brett Ritchie, while Anton Bleed, who is coming back from a shoulder surgery, um, just might be there just for to, practice, to, for yeah, practice. but Wagner and Bacchus are not even, you know, in, in the, in the scenario. I think that that possibly could be that, that tweak that they're putting Wagner, he might be the one to watch from the ninth floor because you see the four lines, how they're set up right there. And this is the, just the extras. Mm. I think that that's the one. And I don't think that Wagner deserves something like that. It's still going to be from the top. You know what I mean? So, um, the defense pairings, not a big fan of... I mean, Char is going to be out. I get it. He's going to have his jaw checked up. Yeah. But Moore and, Corral, and Moore and, and McAvoy, uh, Krug, Carlo, big fan of that lineup, always have been. And Grizzly, Clifton, I'm down for that. Well, we talked about, though, that spot, like, with Grizzly was usually supposed to be more or whatever but I don't but lately like I actually when I was listening to like the sports hub hockey show or something and they were saying how much like he likes Krug with Carlo I mean uh McAvoy I don't like Krug with McAvoy I think him and Carlo have good chemistry and I get like you is don't it left wanna, shot right shot yeah well everything's balanced <laughs> right that way like everyone can play their natural sides I like when everyone gets to play where they're most comfortable like you know what I mean but I'm not saying I don't like I mean obviously Charlie McAvoy and Tony Krug but I just I just leave Krug and Carlo, they spent a whole season struggling to work out their chemistry. If they're healthy, let them just play together because they figured it out. That's true. You know, like, I don't know. Also, yay on Brandon Carlo. Yeah, good. no, he is Not he's your looking fault, very Brandon good. Carlo. Not your fault. I mean, his his penalty killing skills have, have definitely jumped up a bit. Um, his defensive skills have, have, have kind of, you know, planed out a little bit since he got accustomed to. Uh, the rigors of a new season and being such a late holdout mm -hmm. too. You know, we always say that the, when he came back, that was pretty much those first couple of games, the first couple of weeks were his preseason. You know what I mean? So it's good to see him rounding about and, and you know, um, somebody that's actually earning his contract as of right now. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Yeah. I do have to say that I don't think Wagner has done anything to warrant all this move him around and right. punish him. Kind of, I'm mean, not saying punish. I, I, now, nowadays, it's how do you like? 
three months ago, I could have said punish and everyone, no, I didn't mean actual punishment. Now we have to worry about what we're even saying about what we think of. They'll be like, I was listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast and Heather accused Bruce Cassidy of torturing Chris Wagner. <laughs> no, I just mean, I mean, that's what it is, right? When your coach sits your ass down or pulls you off a shift, you know, like that's... No, that's true. It's a way to punish. But I just, maybe let the boys on the bottom six do their job where they're supposed to be in their role and see what happens. Because sometimes... They're the ones that get the party started again. I agree. It's okay. Um, The next topic we have, and and this is a weird one. um, What do you think about the likelihood of of Kevin Miller coming back? And are his days over as, uh, as a Bruin, at least, or possibly career? Because it just seems like he's getting setback after setback after setback. Um, infection, um, resurgeries, I'm not sure if that's a word, but um, it just seems like he can't, every time he tries to get out on the ice and does some practice rounds, he's getting set back again. Mm, let's see. I just always feel weird talking about Kevin Miller. Cause I'm Why? Like, because I'm not a Kevin Miller person. I'm not a Kevin Miller fan either. I didn't want to resign him in the first place. I know. That being said... Unfortunately, I do think that maybe his career is over, at least, at least for a little bit. Like he mean he might need to go down for a, you know find a spot, rehab, age like real like once he can finally skate. But at the same time, like you're a young dude, like it's not worth your physical health yeah. at this point. Yeah. I mean, I hope not. I mean, I don't want him to be my defenseman, but I would like him to be a healthy young man still out playing his position somewhere at the highest level he can. But uh. The interesting thing about that is, like, days are numbered. Like, we can't just dump him. Like, you're going to have to have some... We're either going to have to eat his contract or we're going to have to... Well, Cap Friendly has it listed right now that his $2.5 million, uh for this season is on LTIR. So um, that sheds the salary a little bit, but um, it really doesn't, you know, do much uh, for a roster spot and... There's a lot of folks that would like... I mean, I'd like to see him... I want to see every player return to health. I never want to see anybody, you know, Absolutely. end a career like this. But it just seems like the more he plays into this uh, this Bruins organization is the more that he's physically getting beat up. Mm. And I get the role that he plays. He does play it on the edge. He's there for when somebody needs uh, a teammate to stick up for him. I get that. But there's also other members of this, of this Boston Bruins team that can do the same thing. Uh, even though they they don't seem to do it, um, but it's unfortunate. I mean, he's so well liked in the locker room, so well liked, you know, on and off the ice. It's just it's it's tough to say, but um, I don't know. I, I I honestly I don't see him coming back because of this. Uh, I think he needs. I don't know. In my unprofessional opinion, I think that he might take the need to take the rest of this year off. And be ready next season um, with with du- with duties elsewhere. If he wants to continue his NHL career, uh, definitely go out as a free agent. See what happens in the summer. You know. I think he needs time to not be worrying about getting healthy to be a professional hockey player. I think he needs time to not have like to just be get healthy. That's and fair. Go from Very there. fair. I mean, as uh, it's not just him, but any professional athlete, right? I mean, you are contractually all. Ob- contractually obligated to do yep. and show up to get into you know whatever and I think that it's hard he's had a lot of injury it's been a long few years for him just like we've talked about with David Backus before yep. like there was a couple of years of just how can you even 
the fact you can even show up sometimes and give it a try, you know, but I think that it would be good for him to have time to just go assess and just worry about being healthy for Kevin Miller. And then hopefully, yes, next year or whatever. But we, what are we going to do? No one's going to pick him up from us because he's, right. you know, technically injured. Yeah, and even if he comes back healthy and then needs to go down, I don't think that he'll he'll get picked up, claimed. I think he goes right to Providence if, he, if necessary. The only thing that sucks about that is that when he does report to Providence, um, I believe a certain percentage gets knocked off. So you still put like 1.5 on, onto his cap, onto yeah. the cap. But you're still paying his NHL salary down there, so. Yeah, well, I, I think that Kevin Miller and or John Moore were done this year anyways. It's just, I do, even though I'm not, as a player, necessarily love him on my team. I uh, I definitely don't right. want this dude to have to continue to struggle athletically. You know, like trying to be the athlete. Hopefully, he can get back there. But just I just want him to be a healthy dude that can live the rest of his life, <laughs> let alone the rest of his career. See where that goes. Agreed. But it needs to not be the Bruins' problem. I don't think. But I think also where. It, the Bruins used to be a team with not loyalties. Like, you you know, there's very famous things that have happened in the Boston Bruins oh, yeah. history that you would, you know. Somewhat question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but lately, the last 15 years, it's like the opposite. Like, the loyalty. It's like almost like making amends for all the mistakes that have been making, made before. Making. Making before. <laughs> made before. Uh, and I think it's hard for this team now to, like, just kind of cut people loose and, like, eat their and say sorry. Like, I, I feel like the Bruins feel, would feel better just to keep, you know, yep. keep him here and then let him do whatever he needs to in the summer. Right? Is it this summer? Yeah, that he's... Yeah, he's, he's done this summer. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, moving on to our next um, bit of info. Uh, Tori Krug said in a um oh i wish i wrote down where i read that um but i did hear it uh post game i saw it a couple of places yeah and uh tory krug suggests the boston bruins need to start hating to lose um says team uh, would be better if if frustration level rises what do you think about that and and is it one of those situations to you, and I, I'm probably going to hack this the way I'm saying it, but is it one of those that we're professionals, we get paid this amount of money, it's, it is what it is, and we'll move on game to game, or do you think that if things got a little on edge on the bench, on the ice, with each other, you know, let's, let's pick it up, let's, let's all get together and grind this out and show some emotion um, moving forward, uh, would that be a better way? Because it obviously seems like it's just like, you know, it is what it is. I think Tory Krug's sick of not getting two points too, right? Yeah. And there isn't anything wrong with being annoyed at yourself, your team, you know, because then, especially the Bruins, I mean, I can't speak for everyone's team, but I mean, generally, like, Hockey players aren't one to throw everybody, you know, this fault, this fault, it's my fault first, and then, but this is what we have to do as a team, right? I, yeah, they should, I, this goes back to the, but we're still getting a point kind of thing, which is true, and that is positive, and I don't mean to say it in that tone of voice, because where I'm at mentally is, no, yeah, get the point. Great, but 
what, at what point cumul cumulatively <laughs> do you say this is not okay? Like you should hate to lose. You're defending Eastern Conference fucking champions. Excuse my language, but yeah. at this point you should be pissed about losing and you should come and take your season back or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Because ultimately everybody's to blame a little bit, right? But only you. I used to say this about Claude Julian. You can bitch about Julian all you want, but he can't go out there and skate for them. Right. Like, he can't go right. out there and make them execute their job. All he can do is try to give them guidance or whatever. So on one hand, I feel that way. You know, Cassidy's the coach. He can only, whatever in practice, get mad in the locker room, whatever that means. Again, no, like, beatings or anything happening. Right. But, like, you know, I mean, if you're I mean, a coach, I don't think it's insane at this level for your coach to come in like Cam Neely did and whip the freaking water bottle. Yeah. Not at a player, but at the wall and let it Go in there it. and do the Billy Bean Passion. and toss, toss a freaking water jug, you know what I mean? Yes. And just get some get something out of them. Get it riled up. And, and it's not even like to scare, but just jump style. Like, whoa, shit. Imagine if Bruce Cassidy went in there and started losing his mind uh, and just like whipping things around his office. Not even in the actual thing, but one would think you can probably see the coach's office right. from the main room. And just Cassidy's in there whipping things off his desk and wiping things off the whatever. And this comes out and is like, all right, boys, practice starts in 10 minutes. <laughs> like, what? Even that alone would get them like, holy crap. Like, Cass you know, that's the thing Babs does, not what Bruce Cassidy does, you know? Definitely like, show just... a little bit of emotion. But yes, everybody should hate to lose more. And I'm glad that Tori Krug's on board with hating to lose more because I hate when you lose. You guys should hate when you lose. Well, I'm not saying I don't think they hate to lose. I just don't think they're doing anything to remedy the situation either. They're just continuing to do the same cycle through on the bike. Agreed. And, and and to tail onto that, which I should have uh, is a topic that I want to talk about. Well, we we already covered the goaltending. Is uh is the the, the Cassidy critical of the Bruins goaltending, uh, calling goals savable and shouldn't end up in the net per uh, NBC, uh, Boston Sports Joe Haggerty's article. Um, and so he's he's basically calling out these goaltending, saying you know maybe that's a ploy to get those guys moving. Um, in in another direction, maybe you know, let let's get on my shoulders and see if we can you know salvage what what we can here, and then you see me doing it, and then you'll feed off of it, and it, it's just you know trickle down effect. So, um, you know, I don't know. I just wanted to add that because it, it you could definitely see in the past couple of games when he talks about goaltending, it's it's he's very frustrated at it, and and it he does have a point, you know. The, the, these these two goaltenders have been ranked very highly in in the league tandems, and they should act like it. So, uh, I I don't blame Bruce for calling anything out like that. I know a couple of people said that it was you know, a little uncalled for, but as a coach, as a head coach, you have got to do to whatever you can to get these guys motivated. So, um, yeah, that is that. Um, so let's take another break. We'll hear from the great folks at the store next door go to the store next door .ca, order some fantastic stuff that's made out of recycled hockey sticks I know it's a little late for the holiday season but still they do not stop this is a year year-long company that constantly does stuff for you and and does a great job with um, with some great folks so we'll be right back there's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job so we set out to create a business to fill those needs one stick at a time 
Store Next Door gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. And we take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks. A lot. A whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time. And we are back after hearing the commercial from the great folks at the store next door. Go check them out. Year-round company, folks. Great hockey products from awesome people that make them. And it, it goes to a great cause. So we are back again. I, I know I'm saying multiple times, but it is time for Heather's general discussion. We give I, I like to give the floor to Heather because I, I, I pull the topics that I'd like to talk about. Talk about, yes. And, um, and, and leave... A little segment for Heather to uh, go along. So we got a lot of good things we're talking about. Um, yeah, I just keep rambling. So go ahead, Heather. Basically, uh, it's all the other random weirdo things that my brain comes up with. That's what Mark's oh, saying. Boy. So he doesn't get texts all week of like all the random uh, things I think of. But I just had a, a couple more Bruins things. Uh, I think it's important to note that even if you hate the All-Star game, you do love the Boston Bruins, probably, or you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. I don't know. You could hate the Boston Bruins as long as you're listening. That's fine with me, too. True uh, that. I definitely listen to things of teams that are not my favorites. But David Pasternak was voted the Atlantic uh, Atlantic Division captain for the All-Star game. That's Yay! pretty cool, man. Good, Good for job. him. Good for him. Yep. So I just wanted to say, there you go, Pasta. Now could you... Continue to keep putting the fuck in the net. When the moon the hits your eye like a big biscuit to pie, mm -hmm. that's a goalie. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, <laughs> don't confuse me. Like, this is the point where my brain starts going, da -da 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 and I gotta stay focused. <laughs> Focused-ish. Uh, and I just also, Chara Bergeron and Marshawn will all put on the NHL Network's uh, Radic, his uh, all-decade team EJ. for it. So... Uh, yeah, and which I think is kind of cool. Uh, I mean, how can Chara not be on there? He's been a defensive for three decades, for Christ's sakes, but, uh, right. just kidding. Uh, but they were also on, uh, Greg Wazinski, Wazinski, Wish. that we love so much. He's great over there at ESPN and doing his thing, uh, and Emily. We love Emily Kaplan, like shout that. out. So anyways, he did his top hundred players of the decade, and he put Bergeron at seventh, Chara at 24th, and Marshawn at 27th, which That's is Pretty cool. Very respectable. Uh, especially coming from the only person. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, he they they do a good job and he's you know, he's a good hockey mind and he's a smart boy. Bergeron seventh. I'll give you that. I mean, he's the best in my heart, but exactly. I best guess two I'll way let forward I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I I love him and it will be a sad day when Bergeron is not a Bruin anymore when he retires, not because he gets traded ever. I don't care if Bergeron has one leg and, like, no eyeballs. Like, he's still going to be at least the fourth line center on this team till he retires. Uh, yeah, so I mentioned that, and uh, really not a lot else going on besides... I feel like we're getting an excessive amount of tripping penalties. Oh, God. Hook, which is even yeah. a hook. It's like, I feel like there are three... They're, like, the... Re 
the linesmen and stuff, they're just rotating through the same three. They're like, that's a trip, that's a hook, that's roughing, that's interference. Repeat. <laughs> Tripping. Seriously, I gotta go back to the video room and learn what is a hook and what is a trip because it seems like... You know, you're getting your stick up in the in the gloves area to, like, you know, knock the player off of the puck, and they're calling that a hook. I mean, and traditionally, a hook to me is when you get around the hip area and you haul them down. Mm. You know? Well, I think there's a difference between, oh, my stick might have been in the way of your skate, and then you got tripped, and, like, you are putting your stick out with the intent purpose of tripping someone. Like, right. you can tell the difference. Like, I don't think everything has to be that. Um... This is going to be an unpopular opinion, I think, but all I keep hearing is all this praise for Charlie McAvoy and how much they think he's great, like doing great. And not that I think he's doing any worse than anyone else right now, but I'm not feeling the Charlie McAvoy love and the like. The, again, I, I don't think he's playing any worse than everyone else, but I do think that we're giving maybe him, if we're going to not give Danton Heinen the love, then we're giving Charlie McAvoy oh, a little too much love. Heinen's That's, getting hammered on, on social media. That's all I'm saying. Open your eyes, people. Open your eyes. No. But anyways, I know that'll be an unpopular opinion, but that's the way I feel. If we're going to dish out hate where it's due, and if Heinen's going to continue to get hammered, then I would like to say, I'd like to call you out, Charlie McAvoy, because I do think that you're struggling on both ends at times. And yes, you make some moves up the boards that looked great and whatever. Yeah, but that's what your job is, like the do your job part. Like I'm not, I'm not handing out uh, consolation prizes here. Like I'm not giving people credit for doing their job. Like when Tuka Rask has a good game in that, I'm not going to be like, Oh, good. Tuca finally won. Great job yeah. in that. Like, if it was a good job in Way that. Way to earn your $7 million. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm not that. <laughs> yeah, so I just wanted to say uh, that. Um, I'm sorry, what was that guy's name? Randy Edgerton. Yes. Yeah, so and he's, a, he's a, a, a listener that's been listening for a while, and he lives out in Western Canada. And he wrote a fantastic um, a Twitter DM to me about how much he loves the show. He's a huge Bruins fan. Um, and I thought it was really cool, but there was some su subjects that we've already discussed on, but there was one that, um, that I know Heather gravitated to. So we're going to give Randy a shout out. Thank you for the, uh, the kind words. And, uh, also I, I believe that you also, uh, did a, um, review and a five star on, uh, Apple podcast. So, uh, thank you for that. So. Heather, where did you want to go to on Randy's question? Well, I'll start with one that I just... It, one of the things he had said is, like, he's concerned about our lass of, lass, lack of physicality. And I said to you, well, that's a good one because maybe that's part of the problem. What say you? Do you think that our lack of... And again, physical doesn't mean you're dropping the gloves necessarily, right. although we have seen that happen a few times in the last few weeks. Do you think that's contributing to part of the problem, the lack of like kind of following through? I'm I'm not play. one of those guys that uh, continues to harp on. We need to get more physical to win to win the games, like you know, in the Stanley Cup Finals. That was, and a lot of folks think that that was a key contributor to the to the to the loss to the the Blues, which it does have some validity to it. I get it, but it's not. I don't know. I'm still on the premises of. You still need to win. You score goals to win these games. So, I don't know. I well, just don't understand. Well, that's what I guess my question would be. Do you think because we're struggling and getting knocked off the puck a lot, that's part of the reason that we're not retaining possession? It and, could be. I mean, the last few weeks people have been spending a lot of... There's no shock that our goaltenders have struggled because a lot of time has been spent in our zone. 
and a lot of energy has been spent yeah. down there. Uh, part of like physical play is like, I mean, do you think we need to be a little stronger in the corners on the boards? You know, like take the like I'm. I used to say to my like little kids, I used to coach at soccer. Right? Is that their ball or your ball? Well, they have the ball. Yeah, but that's not what I asked you. Is right. it their ball or your ball? Right. Well, if it's your ball, then go take it back because it's always going to be their ball unless you do. You know, and just like that kind of basic mentality of like, mm-hmm. stop. Like, if we're going to always be playing from behind and stuff like that, maybe just being a little more that grinding that we need. Yep. That again, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be like you know cross checking and like that kind of nasty I physicalness. But I still think it's going to be done by committee. I don't think we need to go out and trade for somebody like this. I mean, it would be nice to have somebody that scores thirty, that can still you know protect the puck very well and also protect your teammates when when needed and be that physical presence. You know, um, but I'm I'm a terrible person to ask stuff like this because I just. I, I still think I still think that you know just need you gotta win by scoring more goals. I don't know. This is t- it's a tough one for me, Randy. I'm sorry if I'm really bad at answering your question about physicality. Um, I don't know. I mean, for me, for me, like Heather did mention, it's about you getting pushed off of pucks. But well, if you didn't spend so many so much damn time into your own defensive zone and creating those opportunities for turnovers, you need to be a better transitioning team. Don't allow them to get to you to push you off the puck. Get the puck out as soon as possible. What it, what's really driving me nuts lately is the back passes. You guys skate to the, your own blue line, and you see that it, everything is clogged in the middle from your opposing, and there's no room. But what you do is you dump it back to the guy that's trailing you to try to create layers. No, keep going forward. You know that, that's one thing that frustrates me, and I think that's when they when they think too much, when they want to transition out fast, and they're thinking so many freaking avenues they're making huge mistakes and that's when they're getting out beat out hit and you know so outmaneuvered period. yeah all right well he also had mentioned uh is kevin dean a little responsible for perhaps the way that the boys are playing what say you on that kevin dean you i i i'm a, I'm a big fan of kevin dean i like the way he you know translates the the defensive style of the game to his players is the is the message getting through? Who knows? I'm not on the bench. I don't know. But um, that was that was a big thing for this team in previous years when Doug Huda was on the team, um, and he had and he had uh, Kevin Dean's position. Obviously, Huda's gone. Was relieved, and uh, and Dean brought up to be with with friend and, and assistant coach and, and head coach. Um, Bruce Cassidy. So those guys have have, have friendship, and they've worked through the ranks of the uh, Providence Bruins up to the NHL level. So there is kind of uh, some favoritism there when it comes to friends and, and colleagues, much like um, uh, Qu- Coach Quenville had with his head coach in um, in Chicago, who was fired, and ultimately it just it was it was turmoil after that. But um, I mean, could there be a change at that particular? Yeah, but that's something that should be addressed during the off season, and uh, not during mid season. I think that, like, training camp and and pre pre season 
get-togethers is a time for uh, a coach to come in, assistant coach come in and get some familiarity with the, the roster and see how character and so on and not just take one out, put one in and let's see how this message works. All right. So, well, that's they, just my thought. There you go, Randy. I just didn't want you to think we forgot you guys. No, and, and, yeah, I'm Randy. I'm, I apologize. I'm really terrible at the at the mind thing. I'm, I'm getting older and losing more and more of my mind as as I do. So, <laughs> but so once in a while, I do check my phone and go, "Oh crap!" I do have to like get him more involved because he just uh, class acts when it comes to mentioning. Uh, the show and the job that we do and the avenues that we travel to get the information to the listeners like yourself so always appreciate it Randy and hope uh, you and your family have a, a safe and, and uh, happy holiday um, I got a little more on what I want my lineups to be okay and I won't tell you my exact lines but I will tell you these are who the 12 people I always want in up for me on the top uh, it, I always obviously want Marshan and Krejci and Pasternak, DeBrusque, Bergeron, Heinen, Bjork, Coyle, Bacchus, Wagner, Corrali, Nordstrom. I don't care what order they in or where they are. Those are the 12 players I want, good, bad, or ugly, always on the ice for my team, unless they are injured or have an infection or a puking or whatever the issue seems to be plaguing this team this year with minor things like that. I say that the back end, the back end's what the back end is, but I do not rule out more rotating in and out with Clifton because I do think having seven defensemen already dressed and in the building is a good idea. I actually had a little Twitter thing about the lineup myself. I'm trying to pull it up right now. I just remember we had a question about that last week or whatever, and I couldn't think on the spot, but, and again, I understand need and necessity, but those are the 12 people I trust most. Yeah, you say need and necessity. A lot of the people that are are frustrated like us, uh, uh, that are passionate, diehard Bruins fans, they are constantly saying, you know, maybe if you try this lineup and that lineup, it'll work. But with the lineup right now, without any Providence call-ups, okay. mine, and, and, and I'm going to get hammered on the podcast side because I got hammered on the on the Twitter side of it. Mine is David Krejci centering Marshan and Pasternak first line. I'm going to die on that hill. Bergeron centering DeBrusque and I put as of right now, Brett Ritchie. That was a toss-up. That could be a 40-42 number in there for David Backus, but it was like a 50. Brett Ritchie's younger, can can be physical. Backus, older, can be physical, but for me, I got to go with the younger guy on this one, so... at that particular spot, I'm not a fan. So, but if you if you want to increase incorporate the Providence Bruins, you could possibly put somebody there. I don't really know right now, but um, the the third line is my boing factor. Boing is uh, Charlie Coyle centering uh, Anders Bjork and and Danton Heinen. While some folks said I like that line and everything, but put Heinen on the on the left side and put Bjork on the right. That could be an option too. Um, and then my defensive parents were just were, were Chara, McAvoy, Crew, Carlo, and Clifton, and Rizlik. So, and then it was kind of cool to get the responses back. Not only were people like "You're absolutely crazy," "Nope," "You're dumb," but all, others were like, "Well, what do you what do you think about this?" And then a couple folks would would come back and just say, "You know, how about this lineup and this and that?" And I found it intriguing that some people just had made a lot of sense in their lineups too. 
You mean there were people in I couldn't the believe world it. that responded I in like a rational, it. hey, it let's talk this absolutely out because none of us are running this team kind of way? Yeah, it was absolutely crazy. <laughs> nice. Good on you guys out there. There's hope in the social media world. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to mention for all the people, and um, this isn't a knock on anyone, let's say, you know, they're getting the point, they're getting the point. Well, great. Like, we had like 20 points, and so maybe not that dramatic. Maybe that's a little hyperbole. But now... Yeah, we've got 51 points, and now Toronto, they're still a little bit behind us, but not that far. Florida's got 41 points. Buffalo's got 41 points. Montreal's got 40 points. Tampa Bay and Columbus got 38 apiece, right? Those are the people in the wild card race that are from our division. It's a tight division. There is no room going forward to drop stupid points to teams that you have no business losing to. <laughs> now, if along the way perhaps you lose to, I don't know, a another Tampa Bay game or something like that, respectable, that is one thing. We will no longer lose to teams that are in the bottom five of the frickin' league. It just can't happen. Luckily, we've already played some of them a couple times, so it won't happen again. But I'm just, please, boys, going forward, keep in mind the Atlantic, that cushy lead, one point at a time is shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. I don't want that to happen. Again, I don't need you to be on a tear like you were. That's ridiculous that like some people are mad that they're not playing like they were i'm not mad about that i'm mad about how you're playing now and your lack of changing it and i need you as a fan to change it because it's getting painful like it's getting painful to want i get fearful like in the last five minutes of the game and i start getting, oh, oh god oh yeah. god only because my eyeballs have shown me for the last couple weeks that that is the time in which i'm going to watch you know, either we're going to come back and tie it up and send it to overtime, or they'll tie it up and we'll go to overtime, and then the my team will lose. Heroics. And then my team will lose, and I can't have that anymore. I need a couple points at a time, not a couple points over the week. Thank you. You're welcome. I don't really have any... Do I have anything else I wanted to complain? It said that. We said about the lineups. Um, I don't know. I didn't know if... Do we... I don't know. I just, I guess, just maybe we'll do the reviews. I don't know. Yeah, let's do the, uh, the Apple Podcast reviews, which uh, I think were good. Which yes. I probably think. Yeah, so we've had a, a couple people. Nice of you. And again, if I butcher whatever you're trying to say, uh, sorry about that. I can't help it. I'm only one girl sucking at what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> so thank you to S. Becker 508 He left a message or she left a message, I don't know, that says uh, good for Bruins fans with a big... Thumbs up. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, and David Wells is fat, which made me laugh because I, I thought also, like, I just... <laughs> those of you who don't know who David Wells is, legendary pitcher who pitched, like, perfect games, uh, shit-faced yeah, out of his mind. Drunk. And he was kind of fat. Yeah. Uh, but it said that he loved this... It says, love the style of podcast and how they review the games of the previous week with the detailed breakdown. Also preview the up. In coming week, overall organization and contact makes longer episodes fly by. Keep up the good work, and I recommend that for all Bruins and hockey fans. Well, thank you very much, even though Mark won't really let me talk about the NHL generally. Yes. That's fine, that's fine. It's a Bruins podcast, please. Um, and this one I'm not sure. It could be Masoni MC, or it could be Masoni Nick. I don't know. It's hard to say. I'm going to go with... Masoni MC, which makes more sense in my brain. He said, I love to talk about the prog po yeah, prospects. It sets your podcast apart from others. Also, no BS 
about the NHL. Keep doing what you're doing. So I'm going to go with, he doesn't like when I have to talk about the NHL, <laughs> uh, but is loving the Prospect podcast. Um, I like it. You know, I, I don't mind Prospect stuff, but it's better you have someone who's better at Prospects than me to actually uh, talk Tim, about things. Tim's, Tim's such a great addition uh, to the to the Prospect podcast. Uh, Tim, Tim Richardson, you can follow him on Twitter at Tim R. Richardson. So thank you to those who left us a message. We'd love to have more people. Five-star yes. rate, write a review. Yes. Uh, Five-star us. You can write whatever you want in your review. Heather is the stupidest person I've ever heard because she's <laughs> crazy. Also too obsessed with Tori Krug. Um, you can write how Mark is a grumpy old man. I don't care what you write, but I hear that on just the regular. You're pretty, you're pretty positive sometimes. I try. I'm, I'm getting better in my old age. Well, we have to try to be positive because if we both go to the dark oh, side, yeah, it will be the most negative It'll be a 20 minutes. We'll stare at each other. We'll grind our teeth yeah. and we'll, we'll drink way too much. It'll be like 35 minutes of everyone yeah, like, oh, anger. God, that was depressing. I yeah. need some therapy over listening to those two. Go. But uh, thank you for leaving. Uh, everyone, please, that would be a great Christmas present. And if you could, if you have not harassed... If you have already done so, perhaps harass other people that you know that love the Bruins hockey yes. podcast. Suggest, reach, Everybody, beat, share, do what uh, you got to do. Mark works hard. Actually, um, I think was it Scuttlepuck mentioned that you're the hardest working. They said something, and then like Mark Allred will disagree with something, but he said something like you, you know, are the hardest working person in the podcast, oh. and when you really do, you dedicate a lot of time and effort. So please reward him. Continue to reward him with uh, saying good things. And I'm Us. also thank you We're for, a team. I was gonna say also thank you for those of you who have continued to listen, even though that, you know, yep. things changed. And I mean, the no, more it's... things change, the more they stay the same, because it's still all about the Bruins and it's still trying to connect fans and their brains and give them an outlet. Doesn't always, I enjoy a good, like real statistical and like professional, you know, when I say professional, I mean like the NHL, whatever kind of, you know, those kind of things. But I also enjoy a lot listening to other fans talk, and that's what yep. I think you provide as a good spot for that. Good and all, also all you awesome writers over there that write on the actual website. Oh, my God. Continuing success because you guys are awesome. So please, maybe you don't listen to podcasts, but suggest uh, checking by if you don't and yeah, Read go to the black and content. blackandgoldhockey.com website. That's where all our writings are. We have 17 writers. We put out about, I think, 80 to 100 articles a month. Um, I believe it's good content. I'm a copywriter. I read most of them. So, and I, I'm pretty impressed and pleased by the uh, the uh, production that we have and, and the team moving forward. So, All right. I thought it might be fun before we we do the Patreon yep. winner. Uh, is that maybe we could give the Bruins some presents for whatever holiday they celebrate? So uh, Heather, Just explain a, few, a little bit about. Basically, I was like, you know, it's been a rough being a Bruin. I'm sure the last few weeks it's been rough being a Bruins fan. How can it not have been a little tough? And just for the record, I am someone who thinks, okay, move to the next game. But you got to also look at the cumulative, like you know. Jesus, these have been a lot of next game, get up next game. But I thought maybe we could give imaginary presents to the boys that we thought about. Like, I'll give the easy one as an example of I would give Tory Krug a big fat contract extension. That's what I wish for him for Christmas. It doesn't have to be on Christmas, preferably before he goes to free agency. Um, so that's an example. Okay, so like I would like to give Bruce Callid, uh, Cassidy the knowledge to get these boys back on track and the patience to let some continuity slip into this lineup. 
That's what I want. Again, I'm not against Bruce Cassidy. I was pissed when he first showed up. I think you're an all right coach. I think you're better than your coaching. I think your boys are better than they're playing. So that's what I wish for you as a coach is to take a breath and get a good plan going so that you guys can continue to be successful before you, before you piss all those points away. You so my turn? I would like you to give out. Mine's okay. going to two players. Okay. I'm giving the gift of confidence and and belief. If that, it's probably the same thing that I'm going gravitating to. But is uh, it's to the goaltenders, to Garask and, and Yaroslav Alak. Um, guys are the backbone. You're the last line of defense. Uh, I I I'm giving you a shot of whatever it does to make you guys superior from here on out and and really sure up that back end when when defensive lapses do happen so my gift to the yeah if there was a name for it the rushing gas <laughs> you need the rushing gas that's it take a big puff and enjoy the rest of your season i'd like to give brad marsh on the ability to continue to be good marshy even though it's starting to get frustrating and that's where he tends to kind of like like Mike Ryder used to do, like, I'm feeling frustrated, so now I'm going to misbehave. So I would like Brad Marchand to be a serious heart candidate at the end of the year, and the only way that's going to happen is if he doesn't get himself in trouble with player safety or whatnot. So please, Brad, you're doing good so far, but I'm afraid if we continue on this path much longer, you may start licking people, and licking will now get you a three-game suspension. It is the holidays, so, you know, there's, there's room for love everywhere. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm just saying. Um... Me, I'm going to go a little uh, out of the ordinary here, and, and I want to give the gift of um, trust and and in the prospects. I would like to see, there's a, there's a few prospects that are on their last year of their entry-level deals, and there's going to be some players that are going to be not with us. They're going to be departing. I do not see Brett Ritchie coming back. I do not see uh, Nordstrom coming back. I believe that these positions on this NHL team could be uh, facilitated by some of the players that are that are down in Providence right now, developing and working hard. And um, I'd like to see them get a little more opportunity at the NHL level to prove what they have and what they can give um, in, in a potential next season in their first full year, i.e. Trent Frederick, i.e. Um, Ryan Fitzgerald, Studnika, I think, is going to be up. Uh, so, with these guys getting more opportunities, and I'm not saying that they're the end all be all and they're going to change things around. What I'm saying is give them, give them a taste because uh, obviously Jack Studnika is a type of player that you can you can think about when he gets that 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 taste in his mouth and goes down to Providence because that kid's working really hard and he's like, I mean, the the Providence Bruins have uh, ten shorthanded goals this season, which is, it's, it's league leading. And Jack Sadika has five of them. Nice. So the guy, the guy's playing really well on special teams, five on five and so on. So he's, you know, just a couple of names I'd like to see. I would like to give not David Krejci, but this team a second line right wing. And with that, I would like to give Don Sweeney the ability to make uh, some moves in the sea of That's rising pressure. That's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, and again, I don't Jeez. want it to be for David Krejci. Maybe, like you said, maybe your dream will be that the centers flip or whatever. But this team, just a, a second liner. But I, 
I want Don Sweeney to be able to do that amongst the pressure, but still make wise moves, yeah. not do things just because this guy gets hammered either way. Everyone still tells tells me that the, his 2015 picks, like whatever. So you don't know how people are going to pan out, but I think that his picks aren't panning out too poorly either. So get off his back. I'm more worried about his signings. I don't want to hear about the Rick Nash thing anymore because the Rick Nash thing didn't work out because of injury, not because it wasn't starting to look like it might work out and be some chemistry that. We needed okay we're moving on we're gonna base judgment on what he has available for cap to sign the people he chooses that he needs to resign on this team reasonable decision making on what he will give up to get something and if none of that happens i would like all the bruins fandom to chill out because you know what maybe you're just gonna ride this puppy through until free agency and then you yeah. know whatever Agreed. so i like that also i'd like to give uh david krejci continued health and awesomeness because david krejci is awesome yes you give out one more present one more uh the fans, I, I want to give um, just a, a present to all the fans that, that just be, let's not, you know, climb to the highest point of the world and, and take a leap because this team's going through some rough times. I know it's frustrating and I know that the success of last year is always the catalyst of, of, of what is moving forward and, you know, so... Just be positive, believe in the team. I'm not saying it's all rainbows and unicorns all the time, but let's not go crazy because social media can be just a dirty place and you know, there's no need for death threats or anything like that. It's I'm not saying that I saw any, yeah. but it's Twitter. Well, don't turn on each other. It's We're all Twitter, cheering yeah. for the same yeah, team. Exactly. We all have a common goal and that's to believe in in, in uh, one um, in one group of people that do great things, keep us I mean if I didn't have hockey, I don't know what I'd do. So let's end that. Let's end the Bruins talk on a positive note. Regardless of what has happened in the last half month or so, we are still first in the Atlantic. We yes. are still second in the conference behind Washington, who is a beast, and we're still third in the league. St. Louis is number two in between Washington and Boston. So we're right where you would expect us to be. I mean, maybe not emotionally. I'm starting to lose it a little bit, but that's the positiveness. We're gonna come back. It's gonna be fine. Next week we're going to beat the Capitals. Yeah. We're going to beat Buffalo twice. Oh God, I hope that's And right. everything will be great. Yes, I, I want. I want to give another gift. Let's beat the Capitals. <laughs> that's all we need. Because I have no confidence in this in this Bruins team playing the Washington Capitals at all. But um, yeah. <laughs> all right, Patreon. All right. Patreon. So to our favorite listeners, the ones that I mean, we all want, we love you all for listening first and foremost. But we love these particular people because they they uh, help out financially to. Help us cut the cost of out-of-pocket uh, expenses, and uh, to try to keep this week this show going weekly. Uh, these guys are the ultimate, ultimate folks. And this week, Eric Blackie is our winner, uh, and he will get a T-shirt. Uh, speaking of the T-shirts, which you can be eligible if you go to blackandgoldhockey.com. No, sorry. If you go to patreon.com/blackandgoldhockeypodcast. You can donate a dollar per episode. We do we do the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast that you listen to right now, but we also do the the um, Black and Gold Prospect Podcast that I do with Tim Richardson. And uh, just go there, donate. You could be eligible for a, a T-shirt. But I wanted to bring up that this month has been crazy trying to find T-shirts of everybody's particular size. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait till January to get back on track. I'm going to. I know I got money set aside, so we're gonna be all set. We're gonna get everybody taken care of. I got I got about four 
including this week and Eric. I got about four to six people I got to get in touch with. But once Fanatics inventory gets built up again, we will get these shirts out to you. This is this is a serious problem because I've been on Fanatics uh, for a couple weeks now trying to get the good deals and so on. So we're not forgetting about you. Um, but congratulations, Eric. Thank you very much for your uh, continued support and contribution. Thank you, Eric. Yes, you got you are the best around. Na, 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 na. All right, anyway. But I, I think that's going to that, yeah. pretty much end it. So it. it is the Christmas uh, episode 159 uh, brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50. Um, but we uh, want to take the opportunity to thank everybody for the, their support, um, the questions, the interaction on Twitter and social media, not the negative stuff, but all the like good stuff that you want to like have a serious conversation. It's been really cool. And it really gives us the opportunity to create topic ideas for this program when we when I have conversations with those guys. Um, but also want to wish you and your families all this, the best of the holiday season um, and you know, uh, obviously health uh, and, and the new year coming up you know obviously want to uh, make sure that everybody's okay for that but also I want to stress that it, it is the holidays it is a great way to get uh, together with family and when family gets together whether you're probably like mine that needs a couple of drinks and so on to just stand each other um, please do it responsibly you know if you go out to, on the town or go out to your folks house and you have a couple of drinks please use uber lyft or, or call a cab or or please use a sober driver i tried to stress that uh, a little much on the uh, on the holidays and it shouldn't be just the holidays you should be doing that uh, regardless of where you go and who you hang out with but Make it a safe last nine days of the decade. Yeah, man. You know, it's, it's 2020. It's yeah. crazy to think it's about, like man. like just the other day. It was like, oh, my God, Y2K. Everything's yeah. going to crash. Ah! And then but, nothing did. No. <laughs> so, uh, again, we just want to thank you all for the support. We hope you guys have a great, great holiday season, Christmas, New Year's, Hanukkah, however you, however you celebrate. Uh, we have listeners from all over the world. I know we have listeners in Australia, Japan, Czechoslovakia, England, Iceland, Canada, the U.S., Mexico. I know. I, I look. It's crazy where we, where we get listeners from. So wherever you live, uh, please uh, do it safely and do it good. Uh, you, it, you, and you and your families deserve the best on these particular days. So uh, we thank you very much, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, bye. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho yourself. <laughs>